Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading outside of our comfort zone. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we read a book that was uh, submitted, I guess, uh, <laughs> to us um, so gross. from podcast listener Dan, who suggested after we mentioned in one of our cyberpunk episodes, the author uh, Roger Zelazny, that we read one of his books, uh, specifically the one we did read, which is called Roadmarks. <laughs> yeah, so we both thought that this was going to be cyberpunk going into it just because we had that association. Yeah, Dan, you had us worried. Yeah, yeah, we thought you were going to make us read more cyberpunk, Dan, and you didn't, so thank you. Thank you. Time traveling is much more palatable to our Yes, I would even taste. argue, I don't know if this counts as sci-fi even. Like, this was... Really? It's, it's a mix of stuff, right? It's yeah. Not, like... Time traveling, a little bit of like alien technology, but then you've got this weird like assassin type thing and mm-hmm. dragons, maybe dragons <laughs> and like kind of a road trip novel. It's weird. Yeah, there was a <laughs> lot going on. Um, I did probably hate my it. second favorite book about dragon puberty I've ever read. So that's cool. Wow. You- um, <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Is the first one the Naomi Novik series? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like there's some some stuff that we could be counted as dragon puberty in that one. And I, I did like that one slightly better. Very good. But this was still really fun. I really liked this book. What did you think? I also very much enjoyed it. Um, I was going into it like really, dreading really it? reading it and was very pleasantly surprised. I yeah. thought it had a little bit of humor. Um, it had some, it was, it, yeah, it was as much as confusing as the time traveling aspects of it were. And the ending, I'm not quite sure what happened there I don't think but I found it very easy to follow otherwise which maybe sounds like a lie (laughs) but it's not (laughs) no I agree I thought that it was um the thing I kept thinking while I was reading it was that it felt to me almost like more of a script there was like a certain economy of words where it was very straightforward and like Everything was very clear what was happening. There was a lot of dialogue, which I always like because it makes the book go faster. Let's be real. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was a really nice comparison, I guess, to uh, God, what's the name of that book that I fucking hate? That was the first cyberpunk one. William Gibson's Neuromancer. Thank you. Um, Which I think is purposefully confusing. I felt like I was confused by some parts of this, but not in a way where it was like. Pleasantly so. Yeah, it wasn't like the author was trying to play a joke on me. Yeah, like they were trying to be humorous, but they weren't trying to like one up you with their how smart they are, right? Yes, which was the vibe I get from Neuromancer. The entirety of that, yes. Um, who would you recommend this book for? I guess would be the the next question on the list. You know, my first instinct um with this book was that it reminded me a lot of terry pratchett and Mm. there's not like any there's not a distinct parallel i think you can draw there's not like you can't be like oh yeah that's like him and that's like him whatever but it just kind of had the same vibe of this here is this high concept idea i'm just gonna throw at you yeah and we're gonna make some goofs along the way and at the end you know you'll have enjoyed the experience so if you like that kind of style of writing i would say go for it it's it's a quick read and good (laughs) how about you um yeah i think that's a good poll i know i haven't read as much terry pratchett as you but i can definitely see what you're saying with that you know what I would say? And this is like kind of a weird one. If a weird recommendation, I guess, mm-hmm. if you are an English professor <laughs> and you're doing like 
like I've taken classes on sci-fi and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this would fit really well into kind of like that sort of syllabus where it's like there's a lot of stuff you can get into and a lot of depth to it, but it's not going to be boring. And it's short enough that people aren't going to be annoyed at you for assigning it. True. So that's, like, a, that's what I was going to say about this book. Another point. It does a lot of work. It's like mm-hmm. 160 pages, but my pages on this book are like a full three pages typed out, which is mm-hmm. like, there's a lot going on. There's a it's, lot to comment on in yeah. it, but um, it's not overwhelmingly so, I think. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I said, the plot itself is straightforward. Yeah. Maybe the meaning behind it is not. And some mm-hmm. of like, there's definitely a lot of stuff that went over my head just because I was not in that mode of reading at the time. And I think well, this would be a good one if you like to reread books too. Yes. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking too. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, I actually thought when I finished it, I was like, I feel like I should reread this because yeah. I think there's stuff I wouldn't have, I didn't pick up on the first time mm-hmm. and it, was enjoyable and I wouldn't be mad about rereading it. Like this is, there's very few times that I finish a book and immediately I'm like, I'm going to read that again. And I didn't read it again, but I did think (laughs) I should, but I didn't have time because I had to record this podcast. Yeah. There's like a lot of characters that appear and I I couldn't like remember their names, but I feel like upon a rereading you, there'd be a lot more there that you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's where that comes from. Or he gets mentioned later or whatever, ever already stop scratching. Which gets into kind of like, um, I guess the cool thing about this book which is it's the way it's written its style um there's two different timelines right there's and all of the chapters are either one or two like that's the chapter chapter titles yeah and the chapter chapter ones are going essentially in order and chapter two is out of order Mm -hmm. uh to some extent um which I read on Wikipedia, but I did check the source, so it seems legit, uh, (laughs) that Zelazny, when he first wrote this, um, all of the chapter twos, he just printed out. Well, didn't print because it was like the 70s. So I guess like, I don't know, cut out of his notebook. I'm not really sure. Hand wrote? Type wrote, I guess. Um, How did people do things in the 70s? No. (laughs) Tough. Um, But he... (laughs) got a copy of all of them and just shuffled them up and then just put them in the book. And then his editor was like, yeah. And his editor was like, this is too confusing. I'm going to put some of these back in order. But like (laughs) for parts of it, it's just random which chapters went where. I feel like the editor was probably right in the case of like the Randy chapters. Yeah, see, I feel like it would have been even cooler if it was more random. Like, I think Uh. that's more fun. I feel like it was nice to have, like, those touchstones, though, mm-hmm. the Randy chapters. Like, the red chapters, whatever. That's, like, a, that's like almost a different story, you could say, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. But the Randy chapters, I like the way that they were just like, okay, now here's where we are in this. Well, the first Randy chapter is out of order, but then there's, like, four, I think, that are essentially in order. Yeah. Mixed in with other ones that are also out of order. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All of that kind of being said, I guess, let's go ahead and get into the plot of the book. Yeah. Um, so the way that I typed up the summary uh, today was I basically will summarize the chap- the, the one chapters, mm-hmm. the titles that are chaptered one. Okay. Um, and then take a little bit of time to talk about the two chapters as needed. But I think essentially what you need to know about the two chapters is that they are mostly like backstory or side story mm-hmm. to the main plot where they they reveal kind of like where 
bad guys came from and um, how they're being recruited and like the his- the kind of some backstory on what's going on with the person who is trying to kill Red. And I don't know. A lot of it doesn't like, I don't want to say it's like flavor text, but it kind of is a little, a little bit. bit. So Yeah. I mean, it works, but. Yeah. So I guess we'll go ahead and start. I. The first thing I've talked about in my notes is I just want to talk about what this road is. So you said it's a time traveling book and the method of time travel here is this mystical highway that they call the road and you can get on the highway if you have certain abilities or if you have a guide that can take you there and traveling one direction on the road takes you forward in time, the other backwards. And because it's a highway, each exit ramp takes you to a place and period in time. Mm-hmm. And there's also multiverses going on. And so like new exits will appear um, as different things happen throughout history, how events change. But if that road is not traveled often, it begins to be, begins to become overgrown and will eventually disappear. I think was the yes. behind this. So like you can't just go back in time and make a thousand roads because I mean you can't, but, but that will if, be for naught because they'll disappear. But if you change certain things in the past, it alters the timeline in ways that other roads can like reappear. So Yes, that is a big thing. Yes. Yes, cuz that's Red's whole deal. Yeah, so Red Dorkin is our main character. For the chapter ones, and he's a traveler on the road who is searching for a very specific place in time, but he can't find the exit. So instead of like hunting for it, he's just going to create a new one. So he's going back and trying to change history to be exactly as how he can remember it so he can go to that existence. But he also like doesn't remember what the exit he's looking for leads to. Yeah. Which is the other thing. For reasons. Which I guess, like, if there was ever a sequel or if this book was longer, he would eventually remember that, maybe? Um, I think once he goes through puberty, he will. But Yeah, once he goes through reverse dragon puberty. <laughs> Benjamin Button dragon puberty. That super spoils what <laughs> this book is, but, like, that's what it is. You were going to get spoiled in, like, 30 minutes. So, yeah, you know so what? Just get it out of the way. You know what? Just like this book, I... Decided to just go ahead and switch around the timeline here. Why not? <laughs> um, Red's travel companion is a book of poetry called La Fleur du Mal, The Flowers of Evil by Charles Baudelaire. Mm-hmm. And he calls it Flowers. And it's like, it's a book, but it contains a sentient AI well, kind an, of thing. It seems to be an audiobook, which is... Great, but also like an a actual physical book because they do flip through it at one point, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it also somehow is a computer, I guess. And it's like really offended. Well, its counterpart is very offended when it's called a machine. Mm-hmm. So well, they're and more think, than a computer. I think both of them say something about, um, I know Flowers does, about how it's like time for it to be upgraded to something that can like grab stuff. So I guess uh-huh. like there's like... Being. A rule about like these computers, once they gain enough sentience, they're supposed to be put into like better bodies is kind of what I think is going on. So like yeah. if the computers evolve enough, then they get like, to be real boys. This it wasn't explained. It was intriguing, but yeah. Wasn't explained. But I do like the idea that 
this uh, author did correctly predict the fact that we would have like ebooks, but very much misunderstood how that was going to go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you just imagine if any, any book you wanted just suddenly had a personality and was your friend? <laughs> it's, I'm more thinking of the fact that it's like if it was Kindle, but you had to buy a new Kindle for every book. Oh God. Yeah. That'd be terrible. <laughs> it's like completely undermining the point of why ebooks are useful <laughs> why ebooks are great yep <laughs> anyway as red is going along doing his thing he gets pulled over by a time cop i guess yeah he's like only a police officer on the highway of time and this time highway patrolman is like you can't go around giving guns and shit to ancient civs in order to rewrite history dude <laughs> which and- seems like a, a good rule yeah, I uh, agree. But Red is like, mm, I get it. You're just doing your job, man. I'm going to keep doing this anyway. But <laughs> his interaction with the police officer, who I guess he's known from his time traveling and breaking time laws or something, tips him off to the fact that he might be involved in some trouble soon because I he makes a lot of assumptions here about why yeah, this cop pulled him over. I think it was like the cop wouldn't have bothered doing it if someone didn't tell him to do it, which like... That's pretty wild that they both have time cops, but also those time cops normally wouldn't be bothered by you giving guns to ancient Grecians. Like, that's a pretty (laughs) wild setup, but okay. Yeah. I don't know. Red is, like, kind of a big deal on this road, I guess. So maybe he's like, my fame should have warded you away. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, a lot of a lot of assumptions are just it's fine. The plot moving on. Um, and sure enough, at the next rest stop, there is an attempt made on Red's life. There's like a little bit of a gunfight and Red manages to kill the dude. But be- he kills him before he can get any information from him. So he's like, ah, why? <laughs> so he decides to stay at a hotel that night and is awoken by the smell of smoke. And so he runs next to her and finds this woman, Layla, whose bed is just like casually on fire. It's just she's chill about it. I don't know. Was she like smoke? It doesn't matter. And she's an old friend of Red's. I think it was explained at one point, but I didn't care. That was the thing. I didn't care about Layla. Layla was super I didn't either. Her, she wasn't. She was mostly in the two chapters. Yeah. So it was like, whatever, Layla. But she's an old friend of Red's and they've spent a lot of time traveling together on the road. And also she can kind of see the future. Mm-hmm. Which I thought it was funny that this book use the term precognition for it because I feel like Mm -hmm. it was trying to be sci-fi sometimes and I feel like that's a sci-fi thing versus like yeah psychic or whatever would be the term if it was fantasy she's a seer yeah something like that so I was like okay I see you but also this book has dragons in it so like yes it's uh. a fantasy book come on (laughs) give this to us so Layla tells Red that an old friend turned enemy Chadwick very cool name Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Just kidding. He's a Chad. Has killed, called a black decade. Chadwick Boseman. He's cool. Chadwick Boseman's cool. That's true. Yeah. This guy's definitely a Chad, though. Yeah. (laughs) But she tells Red that Chad Chadwick has called a black decade on him, which basically means that Chadwick can hire ten people to attempt to kill Red, and if Red survives all ten attempts, Chadwick isn't allowed to do that anymore. I guess. This was the sort of shit that, like, 
Neuromancer and Altered Carbon. Again, I know this book isn't cyberpunk, but I'm going to compare mm-hmm. it just because of how I felt going into it. But this is the sort of shit that those books wish they could pull off, where they're just like, ooh, it's a black decade. Ooh, sounds yeah. cool. And it's just like, yeah, that just sounds cool. Like, I don't need, like, ten pages explaining how it's cool. Like, I get mm-hmm. it. It just yeah. is cool. It's <laughs> it's a did, neat concept. It's a neat concept with a cool name. Yes. All of the made-up bullshit in this book was just like... Yeah, sure. I was on board for it. Whereas, like, yeah. the made-up bullshit in the other books I felt like was trying too hard. Hey, hey, sci-fi writers, sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. Just be like, it's a... Although, having said that, I will also say, I think because of the way Zelazny wrote this, where he just shuffled it, essentially, uh-huh. um, there were, like, multiple times where he re-explained stuff that had already been explained. Like... Mm. There was a scene where someone explained how the road worked to someone who ostensibly should already know how the road works. And then like Randy and Layla or like um, not Layla, Randy and um, his book leaves. leaves leaves explained it to Randy. So I was just like, OK, yeah, but like this book is also 100 some pages and we didn't need to have this explained twice in the book. Yeah, thank you, though. Thank you. That could have just been, like, one line of, like, he explained how the road worked. He also just, they just couldn't have explained it at all, I feel like, and everybody would have got it. I think so. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely a lot of world building that's done behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, I think by the time we get an actual explanation, and that, it really stuck out to me because it was so choppy of an explanation. It was, like, the dude, it was in one of the two chapters, and the dude was, like, well, let me tell you about the road that we are on. And it is, you know, and I was like, we're like 40 pages into this 100-page book. We all get it at this point. You didn't need yeah. to do this. <laughs> that was kind of a thing about the writing, though, wasn't it? Like, he went to the school of thought of, like, you can't use contractions in formal writing. <laughs> and I was like, can we, can the, can the characters just talk casually, please? There were. No, I do not think we should do this, right? There were a few times where someone said something, and I was like, all right, that was a little bit try hard there like you thought that sounded cool and that's why you wrote it that way and so I guess it kind of undermines the thing I just said about the black decade being a cool thing that was just effortlessly cool but when it when it mattered yes the coolness was effortless (laughs) but then sometimes he was a little bit like a little bit like that guy in your middle school who like his parents let him go thrifting and he bought a leather duster Oh yeah. You know? Oh no. So many, <laughs> so many memories. It was it was a little bit like that. Oh. It's like, okay, we all see what you're trying to do. <laughs> the thing about this black decade is I guess Chadwick lives in the 27th century. Mm-hmm. So this is like a legit thing that he had to file with the games department. Yep. In the 27th century and people bet on it and stuff. But Red is like, okay, so that only applies to those, that time period. But when I go back in time, he's still going to send people to kill me. So like, what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) So Red's like, I'm just going to go on the run, I guess. I think this is also brought up later or maybe around that when it was like, oh, um, no, fuck. I got confused by the time travel in my head. Damn it, time travel novels. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think there was something about, like, if he went back and stayed, 
like back in time, he mm-hmm. would still eventually want to go back on the road. Yeah. So as soon as he got boy. back on the road, it would be like back to game on, essentially. Yeah. Because like. So he can hide, but he he will choose not to stay hidden. He can run and he can hide, but also he really likes time travel. So he's not gonna. <laughs> uh, at least he knows that about himself, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that's good. <laughs> It's good self-knowledge. So Red decides to go on the run for a little bit. And some stuff happens. He ends up picking up this hitchhiker guy whose name is Frazier. This was the thing I didn't understand at all. Who was this man? I think Frazier. There's a chapter two where this one dragon is talking to another dragon. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to go steal. Because that other dragon has been in his man form for so long, I'm going to steal his horde. And the other dragon's like, no, don't do that. Because if you do, you're going to be starting shit. And then he goes and flies away. So I think that's this dragon. Maybe. Maybe. Because the other dragon that he's talking to shows up at the end and falls in love with the T-Rex, right? Oh, I thought that was Frasier. Oh, wait. I don't know. I don't know. See? Is this the same? Oh, I thought that was a different dragon. I thought there were... Well, I there could have been mm. two dragons with the T Rex at the end because Fraser does bust in. Okay, and this, and he's like, "Wait, yes. undo the things you've done with yes. the T Rex." Yes, yes, but yes, you're right, you're right. Wait, <laughs> and then and then they fall in love. Right, the T Rex <laughs> and the dragon do fall in love, which is a very important know. point in this book. <laughs> but just wait till we get there. I was, I guess maybe I just wasn't reading it that closely at this point where he first shows up because I mm. thought he was just like, because they call him a demon or something. And I was like, oh, so there's demons in this book too. So I just thought he was a demon. Oh, but, and he's like just firepower. Yeah, he, I guess they meant like get that demon bullshit out of here. So yeah, they must have demons. They've got demons. They got dragons. They've got seers. <laughs> Honestly. It's a lot going. This is the thing about this book. If you explain any plot point from it, it sounds like the stupidest thing ever. But when you're in it reading it, and it's you're great. Just, like, enjoying the experience, you're like, this is fucking baller, dude. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's just like, it's so off the wall funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, when you're trying to explain it to someone, you're like, no, no, no. Listen. I promise it's cool. <laughs> it's really cool. A T Rex cool. and a dragon may end up fucking him. And the dragon's like, he's dumb, but he's pretty. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so Red <laughs> they fix up this guy and Fraser's asking all these like weird questions like what sort of technology do you have to fight against magic? And he's like, what the fuck are you on about? And Fraser's just like, I'm magic! And he like tries to attack Red, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Red and Flowers escape in the vehicle. Fraser may have killed some time cops. <laughs> There's this whole part where Red's like I can't remember which of them says it, but one of them's like, oh, is that one of the assassins? And it's like, nah, just some other random ass dude who wants to kill you, I guess. (laughs) So they go to 11th century Africa, as one does, Mm -hmm. where they are attacked by a man named John and a piece of alien technology that looks like a person named Mondame. This is my favorite character in this book. Mondame is precious. I love him. I want to protect him. He's so sweet. So basically, earlier in one of the two chapters, um, Mandame is being recruited by John. He's just like this peaceful dude making pots in India. (laughs) But he's also actually secretly an advanced piece of weaponry that was abandoned on Earth by aliens. 
He like would he could he can destroy worlds. He's the destroyer of worlds, Mandame, the peaceful pot making man. And he's also Red's friend. So he's like, I don't want to do I don't want to do what you want me to do, John. That's my friend. And John's like, you have to. John shows up and is like, I've got your passcode. You must do as I say. And Mandame's like, I don't really want to though, but like doesn't isn't capable of doing anything to fix the situation, which is like me 80% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> But then also, even more like me is when he, like, the solution yes. to this problem. So, <laughs> so John and Mandame are in 11th century Africa, and he, John is like, attack red. And Mandame is like, all right, charging up my lasers. <laughs> I can't. I'm broken, actually. <laughs> That's why I was fucking abandoned here on Earth. I'm broken tech. And red's just like, LOL, dude. So good. Oh, it's so good and so relatable. (laughs) And then John tries to attack Red, and Red's like, nah, we'll kill you with some sound, I guess. It'll hurt your brain. Yeah, I think the audiobook does it, right? Yeah, the audiobook makes a loud screeching sound (laughs) to kill John. And then I think, I think this character was supposed to be Jack the Ripper, that, that, that Red calls up and he's like, there's a physician here that's going to come get you and, and he's going to like lobotomize you and take you to pieces. Yes. I think that because in one of the other scenes, someone goes into a, in one of the ch- two chapters, they mention that character and his name Jack. is Jack. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack the Ripper's here. Also Hitler is in yeah, this book. Yeah. Hitler's in it too, guys. This is, this is also why I love this book because it was like a crossover fic, right? Yeah, it was like public domain crossover. It was it great. was like watching Avengers Endgame. Yeah, like it's just like who's gonna show up next? Adolf Hitler, Jack the Ripper. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> who's to say? Oh, that guy that wrote 120 Days of Sodom. Oh, <laughs> yep, he is cool. actually here. A fucking dragon, I guess. <laughs> I guess, dude. Who who knows? Who cares? Anything goes on the road. <laughs> so, Mandame joins the party. And they decide to stay at a little hotel in this time period for the night, I guess. And they enter the hotel and that Fraser guy is there and he attempts to attack Red again. And again, I don't know what happens here because I don't think Zelazny's strong suit is action scene. No, it's dialogue. It's just like... It's just funny dialogue. Yes. (laughs) But so... Flowers and Mandame, I guess, scare Frasier, and Frasier just leaves via the roof. He just, he just like flies straight up and makes a hole in the building. <laughs> I don't know why. And also, I think this is the point at which uh, the other best thing about Mandame comes up, which is him and Flowers are like a couple now, right? Like, it seemed that way. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. They, yeah, he's like, uh, we'll need two rooms. Flowers and I went to spend some alone time together. And at one point, like, I think Flowers accesses Mandame's, like, control panel. And, like, Mandame's, ooh, like, ooh, that's ticklish. Don't do that, yeah. babe. It's so good. <laughs> I really want this to be, like, a miniseries, kind of like Good Omens, yes. you know? I feel like that would be so good. Mandame and Flowers are my ship of the month, I'm pretty sure. They're very good. They're very good. (laughs) They're very pure, and I love them. 
like very sweet. Like Mandame is broken, but Flowers helps him rebuild mm-hmm. himself or itself. I I think again, Mandame, we're gonna have another murder bot pronoun issue. Here. I believe Mandame uses he him pronouns. I think okay. Flowers is not addressed by pronouns because Leaves specifically says Leaves that is... she wants female pronouns. Yes. I think Flowers I don't want to say non-binary because I think that they just don't have any gender. They're like a gender. Yeah. They're just like a sentient AI. Yes. Yes. So anyway, the guy that owns the hotel is like, please leave now. You've done some damage. <laughs> and so they're like, all right, we're going to go forward in time now to the 12th century. Somehow. So I guess Mundame is also really good at computing weird events or how did he phrase it? I can't remember how exactly how he phrased it, but um, he's like a disaster computer or a crisis computer. Maybe is what he said, like something along those lines where Mandami is able to look at a situation and see what the best outcome is. Hmm. And so the two of them come up together with the course of action being that red is going to take the fight to Chadwick and kill Chadwick before Chadwick's assassins can kill red. Yes. Seems legit. Sure. Moves the plot along, in any case. Yeah. (laughs) Gives them a reason to be driving around. So they stay in a new hotel that night, and it's revealed that Red has these spells where he goes through, (laughs) and and this is in quotes, not my words, a bout of insanity for Mm -hmm. an evening, and destroys his room, like, wakes up naked, and is also a slightly younger version of himself with a few personality changes and a few more memories of things. It's... Very strange. The whole Benjamin Button thing coming into play. Angry, angry Benjamin Button. Angry. (laughs) So I was thinking werewolf for sure. (laughs) That would make more sense. But I don't think this is a book that cares particularly much about making sense. Yeah, no. (laughs) I would agree there. So he's going through one of these spells. And two more assassins try to attack him. But they do so at the same time. And they end up fighting each other before going to fight Red. And it's this guy named Archie who I guess was like some sort of special ops guy who had a limb removed from an injury and then decided to have all of his limbs removed and replaced by technology. He's Robocop. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's your cyberpunk aspect. Yeah. Okay. And then um Timian Tin, who is was introduced in a two chapter. He's just this peaceful monk who Apparently had a previous life of being a murder man. So, and well, here's my question about Timmy and Tin. Okay. Is he also a dragon? Is he going no, through dragon No, his puberty? religion, he's religious about dragons. See, I, I thought what it was was that, sorry, this is getting a little bit ahead, but like, he's like, I have memories that I can't remember much like the dragons do. So mm. I thought he was like also a dragon that was like maybe at the beginning of his like dragon puberty, you know? Oh, uh, that could be. But like, no, he does say that like, well, Chadwick's men tell him that like it was a process he did not willingly undergo. Yeah, but nobody wants to go through puberty. That's true. It's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Your body's going to be experiencing some changes. <laughs> Those changes are apparently that you're going to go from dragon to human and have to travel <laughs> a time road. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so 
his his memories are hidden from himself. But Chadwick's associates give him some type of, like, formula made of his old RNA. Yeah, yeah. This was another moment, much like when they kept re-explaining the time road, where I'm like, just, Zelazny, you need to stop. Roger, stop explaining things, because you're not good at it. Like, Roger, the explanations are worse. The explanations just make tell it bad. Us what happened. What are you- like, I, this would have worked a lot better as a fantasy book, right? Because or, then they could have been like, oh, we like did some chants, <laughs> like burned some shit. Or just soft sci-fi. Just be like, we gave you a thing to fix it. Don't tell me it's RNA because I know what RNA is and it wouldn't do that. And it's not going to do what you want it it's to do. It's not going to fix your memories. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God. But Tim Yinton's former life is restored to him and now he's like this ultra awesome assassin guy i guess yeah so he wins the fight with archie by shoving him off the balcony of the hotel and then he goes into red's room while red is going through his spell and is astounded by what he sees and decides not to kill red Mm. but we don't know why so then this is where I was, like, so on board with this book. And, I, I mean, I, I like the whole book. But then this is where it did, like, the complete, like, twist. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck am I reading? <laughs> Red wakes up the next morning and talks to his companions about his new theory, which is that because he went through the spell, he was able to recover some more memories. And he thinks he's a fucking dragon that is aging in reverse and that he needs to die in order to go back to his super awesome dragon form. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I don't know what you're confused about. This makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also, too, sometimes have bad nights where I wake up and I'm like, I'm a dragon, <laughs> but I need to die. There's there's a quote in this towards the end that I was like, yes, I love this and it makes perfect sense. And I feel like mm-hmm. it all comes together when I can't. I can't find it right now because I didn't highlight things correctly in this book because I'm a disaster. But like um, <laughs> one of the books, I think Flowers, is like, maybe I'm a dragon after all and not a book. And I was like, OK, I get this. This makes perfect mm-hmm. sense to me, like on a metaphorical level, like this whole dragon thing. But on like yes. an actual literal level, it's pretty <laughs> book wild. <laughs> Even more wild is the fact that maybe dragons are also the ones that built the road that travels time, probably. So that they can do puberty. <laughs> so they can go through puberty. I feel like Zelazny had this concept and, like, where most people would have stopped at, like, C or D, he just went straight on to Z, right? Because it's yes. like, you <laughs> could be like, like, dragons have to time travel in order to, like, fully grow up. Like, it's a quest thing, right? Like, <laughs> you have to visit the mortal plane on X number of years and, like, learn uh-huh. about humanity or something. That could be a thing. You could be like, oh, dragons time travel in order to go back in time and get their youth back so that they are immortal. Like, you could do that. But Zelazny's like, no, dragons age in reverse. <laughs> and they have to time travel while doing it. In the form of a human in order to go through puberty. like In order to become mature dragons. Which are younger than their immature form and also have time traveled a lot. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. It's like, it's like he just sat in his room 
impaired so many substances in his body with one of his friends and was just yes anding the hell out of this simple concept he was like i'm gonna write a time travel travel book and there's one of his friends was like cool 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 tight 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 you know what else is cool dragons and he was like yes oh yes absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah yo what if the dragons were people man (laughs) what if all people are dragons what if the dragons gotta go through puberty? <laughs> oh man! Oh. What a wonderful book! <laughs> so good. And also, Layla from earlier is also they they all she also ages backwards and she's also probably a dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot about that too. But then they were like, because I thought it was just like a River Song Doctor situation mm. where they mm-hmm. both because people are like, oh yeah, I've seen you with her, but she was older then. And I was like, oh, so they're like hopping around time streams in different orders. But then it's like, oh, no, she's just a dragon. It's just aging yeah, in reverse. Fucking dragon. But also, like, wouldn't people see them? This is mm. so. OK, so the road is like if you live on the road, which like mm-hmm. a lot of people seem to do is essentially just be on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Like your timeline would get fucked with like other people's timeline. You wouldn't see people age in order. Right. Because it would be like. Yeah, because if you I, if you stay on the road, it's like a timeless, placeless. Yeah, place. but then like <laughs> if you're like friends with someone, and you meet up in like the 16th century, and then you meet up again yeah. in like the 12th century, that might be prior to your like they might be doing it in the opposite order of you. So, like it this road thing is it's so awesome. I love this road. <laughs> it shouldn't be weird though to see people like age out of order because yeah, just everyone yeah. would be doing that. Very true. Yeah, and that's why the thing with like the the time cop earlier, he was like, How long have I known you? And the time cop's like, mm, 30, 40 years. How long have you known me? It's like five years. Five or six years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So the others are like Please, Red, do not go kill yourself because you think you're a dragon. Let's go find Chadwick first. And they go to do that. But Red is like, I think Chadwick is organizing all this so that I do die and become a dragon again. Thank you, Chadwick. You are my best friend. <laughs> Chadwick is my ride or die. He's the only one who will let me become the true dragon that I am inside. He's the only one that gets me. <laughs> Which again, like, I feel like we've all had that kind of like high school, maybe like kind of self-destructive phase where you're like making bad decisions and you have the one friend who's like feeding into it. And you're like, they're the only <laughs> one who really gets me. It's like, no. No, they did hire 10 assassins to kill you. <laughs> no, I, I really just don't like you. I want you to die. <laughs> so, back towards the beginning of the book, there's a series of two chapters. There's a series of chapters labeled two that talked about <laughs> Chadwick and how he has hired the Marquis de Sade. He's the guy who wrote 120 Days of Sodom. You know. Yikes. To come lead a writing workshop or something for him. (laughs) Of all people. That's not who I would have chosen, but sure. (laughs) Anyway, he showed the Marquis this T-Rex that he grew a la (laughs) Jurassic Park. And also... also, this also book doesn't require us to head. make jokes it's just it sounds like a joke we would make <laughs> i swear this is an actual book written that has survived the test of time it's like critically acclaimed <laughs> <sighs> 
So there's this thing you can wear on your head <laughs> that allows you to mind meld and control the T-Rex. You know, like the plot of Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Detective Pikachu stole so much from Roger Zelazny. Or did Roger Zelazny steal from Detective Pikachu? Time travel oh is god, involved, who can say? Right now, he's not really dead. He's on the road. <laughs> So the Marquis, like, tests out the T-Rex thing and fucking falls in love with controlling a T-Rex. He's like, this is the best thing in the entire world. Um, I want this all the time. So he kind of, like, goes along with Chadwick's little workshop and hospitality or whatever. And finally, he's just like, fuck it. All of these papers you want me to read are very bad. No one is a good writer. I'm stealing this T-Rex and I'm going to kill you. So he does that. <laughs> this book is so stupid. I love it. <laughs> and then here's where things kind of fall apart a little bit more. <laughs> so Chadwick doesn't die because Fraser shows up to kill Chadwick. Because I guess Fraser has figured out that Chadwick isn't also a dragon. And he doesn't want Chadwick to become mature dragon perhaps fraser okay so fraser was the dragon who wanted to kill the other dragon to take his horde yes. maybe chadwick was that dragon that he wanted to kill did he does he say specifically he wants to kill i guess not maybe he just like wants to go with red yeah i don't know to kill chad maybe i don't think they ever sat down and were like what is your motive i don't know what's yours like they never talked because he like has opportunity to kill red a couple times and dips so maybe mm-hmm. he was just trying to kill chadwick <laughs> He flies through the roof of a hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that makes more sense. So he's always wanted to kill Chadwick then. Let's say that. (laughs) And, but then Frasier becomes upset because of the T-Rex thing. And maybe it's Frasier that's attracted to the T-Rex. Maybe it's a third dragon that shows up on location. I don't know. Well, fourth dragon if we're assuming Layla's a dragon too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who's to say? Who's to say? And, and then Timmy and Tin shows up and is like, who also might or might, might not be might a dragon. dragon. I think probably not, but maybe. And he's like, I want to kill you, Chadwick, because you made me try to kill Red, who is a dragon, and that's against my religion. <laughs> oh, this is so powerful. This shit is bonkers. <laughs> but Red shows up and whisks Chadwick away from all of that. And Chadwick's like, I cancel the Black Decade. It's over. And Red's like, cool, but come with me because I still have to die. <laughs> I don't really understand why. I Like, I understand Chadwick's um, motive to get in the car and go away from this period of time. I understand that completely. But I don't understand, like, once they're away, why they stay together. Um, I think anyway. I think because they're friends and also dragons. And frenemies. Yeah, they're frenemies and dragons. And Friend-ragon-mies. I think if... Red is going through this. Chadwick, I think it states that he's also had some weird like memories and stuff. So he kind of mm-hmm. suspects that Red might be right and like wants to go along mm-hmm. and see what happens, I think. And also, doesn't he want to see Red die? And Red's like, I'm going to go kill myself. Probably. So like. Oh, okay. Yeah, that may- <laughs> So he's just like, he's just here for the voyeuristic <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> I just spilled water all down my shirt. <laughs> I'm getting you that cup holder <laughs> and a very long straw. 
meanwhile, throughout the whole book, as we've kind of been alluding to, there's these little chapters about Randy, who is Red. Randy! That Randy! That Red abandoned, maybe on accident, or maybe he didn't even know about Randy. Um, I don't think he does. I don't think he does, because when they do meet at the end, he's like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, oh, Cleveland. And he's like, oh, yeah, so that would be this person, right? He's he's not like, oh, yeah, the son I abandoned, when he's like, yeah. he's like he has to narrow it down to, like, which woman he fucked. <laughs> Red apparently sleeps around a lot. I mean. Which is fine. That's his prerogative, but he should use protection. He should. He should. <laughs> but, like, who knows what that dragon dick do? That is true. It could be impervious. (laughs) Does that mean Randy's a dragon? I think Randy's, this is a point that's brought up that like the people who can get onto the road might be descended from dragons. So like, Mm. I think that is the situation that like the seed is not strong and you don't become a dragon if your father was a dragon, but you can get on the the road. But you can ride on his road of memories. So he finds his way onto the road with the help of the book Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman, which is a book of poetry that is also a sentient AI like <laughs> flowers. And it used to belong to Red, but Red abandoned it because Leaves of Grass realized that Red was a dragon and that Red might want to kill himself, I think. And Red didn't like that. So he was like, I'm leaving you here in the 20th century Cleveland, Ohio. So are we to assume that the stuff with leaves, like the timeline, Red's timeline of this would be like, he starts real, he starts having flashbacks. Leaves is like, oh, fuck, you're a dragon and you might want to kill yourself. Confronts Red about this in some manner. Red immediately dips and then... Uh, like essentially the plot of this book happens like he goes and picks up flowers somewhere and they start Mm. their adventure because otherwise he would be like traveling around for a good while with like huh I wonder what that whole thing with leaves was about right like I feel like it must have happened right before in which case like I definitely don't think that he knows Randy is his son because to his perspective he like just fucked Randy's mom (laughs) maybe I don't know I I kind of get the impression that maybe flowers and and Red have been together for a while, though. It does seem like that, but then it's like, how long does dragon puberty take that there would be such a gap between leaves and flowers, I guess? I guess an extremely long time. I don't know how old... I guess we have to ask, how old do dragons live? How early do they start going through puberty? There's a lot of questions I don't yeah. know about dragon anatomy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyone wants to write in and tell us? <laughs> Look, um... <laughs> There definitely are people on the internet interested in dragon anatomy, and I actually don't oh, know if I want no. to hear from them. Never mind. <laughs> Edit undo. Um, I'm happy for you if that's what you're into. <laughs> but I, it's fine to stay over there. <laughs> anyway, Randy meets up with Le- Layla because she had a vision or something of helping Randy, and they decide to track down Red. And they go on this series of adventures where they um, they meet the very old Red and Layla who have just started going through puberty when they're at their oldest, most feeblest. They meet them and then they go through some other stuff like always just barely missing Red and Flowers and Mandame. But finally, Layla's like, we got to just go. We got to go ahead of them and block off their highway exit. So that they don't go and die. To the place that Hitler told uh, 
read he would die, you know, at the beginning of this book. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I was wondering why they decided on that location, but it was all Hitler's fault. Okay. (laughs) Many things are. (laughs) So Randy and Layla set up this roadblock to intercept the car that Red and Chadwick and Flowers are in, which works, except the car, like, flips over and blows up because Flowers is, like, done something to the vehicle where he protects Red. He, he, like, wraps him up in this cocoon thing and ejects him from the car. And then the car flip. I I guess flat does flowers. No, I think flip? it was Red and and um, Chadwick were like fighting over the steering, mm-hmm. and Flowers keeps trying to turn the automated steering back on so he can get it back on track. But they keep like turning it off and yanking the car this way and that, and I think that ends up leading to the crash. I think. Oh, see, I thought because Flowers says something like, "I hope I'm not wrong, boss," and then the yeah, car, because like, after they get the automatic thing back on and then he like stops the car yeah because flowers was referring to the fact that like red is like i have to die in order to be a dragon Mm -hmm. and flowers is like no you should not do this thing and he ejects him so i think when he says i hope i'm not wrong he's saying i hope i'm not wrong about getting you out of this situation okay and that you're not supposed to turn into a dragon right now (laughs) (laughs) and then does flowers die in also, no, Flowers gets out because him and Mandame uh, like have another cute moment, I believe. Okay, good. I was like worried then. I missed Mandame's heartbreak. <laughs> the car explodes. Red is saved, but Chad Chadwick dies in the explosion, but it's okay because it was his time to become a dragon and not Red's. And everything that happened was because Chadwick needed to turn into a dragon, I guess. <laughs> and Red and Randy are reunited and decide to become best friends. It's like that scene in Step Brothers. We're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> and then they all decide to go to Ur for a beer. That's good. The end. And then uh, the T-Rex and the dragon are in love. Yes, because the T-Rex is stupid but cute. God, this book was great. That was the, this book to the best of my abilities. <laughs> <laughs> it was seriously like such a wild ride. I loved reading this. I still I'm not sure if we got everything 100% right in terms of oh, like, we definitely did. the actual <laughs> plot. So read it yourself. Yeah, that's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I guess I don't know how to really wrap this one up because we're not uh this isn't really part of a unit. It's just yeah. kind of here by itself. Here it was. I again, pleasantly surprised. Glad it wasn't cyberpunk. Thank you for the submission. Do you think now this might be kind of shooting myself in the foot? Do you think now that we've read this book by Zelazny, we should find one of his cyberpunk books and read that? Oh. I mean, should we? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. To be to be decided. Yeah, to be to be determined. I don't know. Um I mean, I kind of want to let cyberpunk yeah. go. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm feeling encouraged. I I kind of also like the idea of cyberpunk being like the big bad of the podcast. <laughs> also true, yeah. <laughs> Cyber everything, everything. It's like, is it worse than cyberpunk? No. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that can pretty much wrap us up. Oh no, no, we got to talk about uh, what we're reading or what we'd rather yeah not yeah uh, re- recommended reading for this this week. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. I forgot. All right. Do you want to go first? Sure. Or? Okay, so for me this week, hey, guess what? It's another graphic novel. Uh, <laughs> that's all I read these days. Um, <laughs> I'm going to recommend 
Bury the Lead, uh, which is a graphic novel that came out last year, I think, by Gabby Dunn, who is awesome, and Mm -hmm. uh, art by Claire Rowe. I thought of it because I kind of before I read this book because I thought it was going to be cyberpunk. And this graphic novel is not cyberpunk, but it is kind of like a noir sort of modern uh, murder mystery. Cub reporter gets like dragged into this whole uh, murder situation, murder plot, and Mm -hmm. is trying to get to the get to the truth about the whole matter. And much like it actually ended up fitting this book a little bit because much like this book, there's like kind of like bigger manipulations going on that she doesn't really understand at first glance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's, you know, graphic novel. So it's a quick read. It held my attention more than like usually like uh, murder or crime novels. I'm not really into, but because it was a graphic mm-hmm. novel, it held my attention a lot more. I will preface and say that it is graphic in the sense of like there is on-page violence and nudity if that bothers you just wanted to give you a heads up but uh, it's a fun one to check out I think that sounds interesting how about you what you got Ooh, I like the cover um I can't remember I don't think I've recommended this on the podcast before but you know what if I have it just is means the book is that good right <laughs> I this book reminded me of the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. I think you have recommended this, but go ahead. Dang. I think you have. I know I only read it like last summer when we went to the beach, so I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it, you recommended it, it right after that. Fuck. Well, it was really good. Anyway, I'm gonna <laughs> recommend it again because um, it is a book where the main character is trying trying to solve the death of Evelyn Hardcastle. It's kind of like an Agatha Christie style murder mystery but the main character keeps going and restarting the day again but in the body of another person Mm. that was there when evelyn hardcastle died so they are trying to take the knowledge that they learned on day one as like a doctor and then using that information to solve a little bit more of the mystery when they're on like day four as a judge or something I, i can't exactly remember the roles or whatever um so it is it's very good there's a lot of like time travel tomfoolery (laughs) and not really knowing who to trust and what what everyone's motives are and it's very good i loved it It it's another one of those books too i wanted to reread right after reading it again but also it's been like nine or ten nine eight months ish and i haven't done that yet. well there's always more books to read is the problem this is true. It's so hard to like decide if I'm going to spend my time reading something new and taking a chance right? or reading something old that I know I loved. It's a tough choice. Or reading something old that I did love and finding out it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, that's this book. Yeah, that pretty much wraps us up for this week, right? So yeah, what have we got on our plate? Next week, we are reading another Animorphs book. Um, it will be Animorphs number 13, The Change, correct? Yes, which, LOL, I mixed up our recording dates, and I've already read it, because I thought that's what we were recording today. Is it it good? And it was fucking amazing. It was good. It was good. Looking forward to talking about it. I hope I haven't hyped it up too much for you, and I hope also you think it was good. But I was very pleased. I mean, it's a Tobias POV, so it's gonna be good. It's a Tobias POV, got some lore, it's good. (laughs) Um, cool, cool, cool. So we've got that coming up. And then I think that after that, let me double check our calendar and make sure I'm not fucking this up. So we've got Zelazny, and then we've got Animals, and I think it's Survival Books Part 2, right? Is the next 
the next yes oh yeah it must be yep it, it sure must is. be time to die yep yep mm-hmm. yep time to dive back in so this will be uh continuing anna's current unit on survival books and as you guys may or may not know the format of how we do these units the first book is one that anna brings or one that the unit owner i guess brings in order to uh (laughs) unit proposer yeah the unit proposer brings to introduce why they dislike it we read uh hatchet by gary paulson for this unit and the second uh episode of the unit is kind of a classic example of the genre or trope or whatever um Mm -hmm. i at first was a little concerned because essentially when i was thinking of survival books i was like oh it's pretty much hatchet right like is the classic example uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but that's just kids survival books. We're going to go a little bit further back, a little bit deeper. Oh, and how much further back? Um, we're going to go back to 1719, my friend. No, what? No. <laughs> and we will be reading Robinson Crusoe. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Have you ever read it before? I haven't. I have not read it before. I feel like it's so... um, Primarily because I don't like this. Well, yeah, there's that. But I feel like it's so well known. I've always felt like I don't need to bother to read that. But... Yeah, true. Maybe maybe it'll surprise me. Uh, At least it wasn't Gulliver's Travels. Oh, yeah, no. Thanks for that. Is that... that, God, this book is so long. Is it? I thought it was, like, fairly short. 320 pages. Oh, yeah, that's, that's shorter than I would think for, a, you know. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, I guess for a book written in the 1700s, yeah. I'm like, that's going to be it's gonna all be, just like huge, dense paragraphs. It's going to be a slog. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. You're welcome. Okay, cool. At least you've done it to yourself yeah, as well. Yeah, I, so. I really <laughs> fell on the sword on this one. <laughs> Giving us homework for this mm-hmm. podcast. I don't know. I feel like it's been a while since we've really done like a classic, classic novel. That's true. You know? We should flex our chops a little yeah. bit, I guess. Get, get out of the 20th, 20th and 21st century. Go back a little bit. Yeah. Actually, I don't yep. know. Have we done any books pre-20th century? No, I think the oldest one we did was the, um, uh, what's his name? Steinbeck. Steinbeck, yeah. right? yeah. And Little House in the or Little House in the Big Woods, right? Yeah, I don't think we've yeah. done anything that's this far back. Well, damn. Yeah. Bring in some uh, of that old timey heat. <laughs> I like the old timey adventure books. <laughs> oh, in the meantime, um, I mean, if you really want to get at us with your dragon fetish, whatever, man. Just you could tweet at us. At ShelfAwareCast, or you can email us, ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because, as I said, the next Animorphs book is going to get good. (laughs) And you want to make sure that you have the episode in your podcast listening device as soon as possible (laughs) in the words of roger zelazny the death of chadwick he shouted by tyrannosaurus by tyrannosaurus rex (laughs) under the direction of the marquis de sade
Really, Chadwick replied, flicking an ash from his cigar. There are simpler ways of submitting your resignation. <laughs> so cool. <though. laughs> so I kind of wanted to be Chadwick's friend. I know, right? But, you know, I, yeah. He is that Draco Malfoy vibe. Uh, I'm telling you, you have a problem. You have a sickness. Here I go, being Pansy Parkinson again. <laughs> Which, all of that to say, it kind of makes it difficult to talk about the plot of this book because of its yes. timeline and whatnot. But I had an idea, um, and I don't know if it'll work. Okay. But I've got a D20 over here. Oh, God. And my thought was, there's 16 chapter twos, right? Okay. So what if for this episode, <laughs> just rolled the D20, and if it's 1 through 16, we'll talk about whatever that uh chapter two is like in order you know so if it's like chapter mm-hmm. if i roll a three we'll talk about like the third chapter two okay. and then if it's, <laughs> if it's 17 through 20 we'll talk about something from the chapter ones okay but wait that means we're gonna talk about probably all of the chapter twos before we talk about well, no, <laughs> no, not necessarily, because it's random. And I don't think we'll get through all of them. I think that, like, we'll just kind of do this and see how it goes. But I wanted to give the chapter ones more of a shot of being talked about. So four of them are chapter ones, and then the rest are various chapter twos. Does that make sense? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work out, though, because, like, four, four numbers are chapter one. So that's... Right. One, a fifth of a chance that we'll talk about the plot of the book. Yes. And four fifths of a chance we will not. Yes. Correct. Hmm. No, you don't like this? I don't know how that's going. <laughs> and then the other thing was, I was going to, in editing, edit them back into order. Oh, God. That's so much work. Um, I think. No, not a fan. No, I think. First of all, that would require me to open the book up and figure out which chapters are which. That's true. That's true. Um, but also, my notes are in order of the chapter ones. Well, fuck you then. It's just very distressing to me. All right, we'll scrap this idea. We'll just go back to talking. It was about fun. It was a fun idea. It I'm glad you brought it to idea. the table. Maybe workshop it and bring it back again next time we talk about this book on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get into the plot of this book. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, let, me, let me do a clean take of that in case I decide to cut all of that. Oh, okay. Um, I'll decide once I listen to it if that's funny enough to keep it in or not. But I kind of like it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 